0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Living by the Word Ministries' presentation of the Bible Information Brokers with Eric receiving your phone calls. My name is Daryl D. Fulton and Professor Craig Hawkins. Gabriel is making sure all the technology is working as well as it could for us to have a seamless show. Get these questions in so we can give you a biblical response. Um, just before we go back to the questions, uh, PCH, I appreciate the gospel message is so very important that we do that week in and week out. But right now, also, I talked about resources earlier in the broadcast, and I want to give you an opportunity, PCA, to let the folks know how not only on today can they breach your mind. Notice I said that breach your mind and get into the, the well of knowledge and information you have in regards to questions from a biblical perspective on not your channel, but his. Talk to him. <laughs> I like the way I set that up. I'm, I'm so proud of myself. Go ahead, in a good way.
1: <laughs> I tell you, Daryl.
0: <laughs> yes, and in, in, in
1: addition to the privilege of doing this program with you and Brian and Eric and Gabe and everyone who else who helps out, great privilege. But I also have the honor of doing a program called Today's Bible Questions. That's on his channel, not my channel, not Daryl, but his <laughs> channel dot com, Internet TV. And it airs on 1 to, 2, 1 to 2 on Wednesdays, and there's a number you can call and text your questions, 24-7-365, and I will attempt to answer your questions. And that's his channel, and the number, by the way, is 714 815
0: You broke off, P.C.H., Is at 90s. I'm trying to remember the number myself. Read the last four numbers, P.C.H. You, you broke off. P.C.H., are you there? I think we may have lost P.C.H., but uh, he's going to come back with that number. I'm going to try to find it on my other notes. But it was, um. we'll give it to you when he comes back on the air. But in addition to that resource And please take advantage of it, like you said, it's 24-7, and we'll get you the number momentarily. We just had a little technical issue with the phone, and we get PCH back on. But also, uh, Brian has a Wednesday Bible study, and it's, uh, if you go to our website, you'll be able to... Uh, I give him information. I just sent an email to us about you're interested in the virtual Bible study on Wednesday nights. And by doing so, uh, we get you set up for that. And also on our Facebook page, I actually put down a daily Bible reading chronologically. The Lord's been dealing with me and reading in this format for years now. I'm going back to some of the comments I made uh, on the subjects of the day. And it's amazing how you can comment on the whole Bible. You know, not that you're giving some kind of dissertation or anything on it, but just your thoughts and your growth as you read through the Word of God daily in a chronological order. And you figure from five years from now, you have read the Bible through five times. If you're believing you never read through the whole Bible, Man, you're missing out on what God is talking about. You're missing out on what Daddy is saying. So please take an opportunity. You don't have to do my format, chronological, but please take an opportunity to do that on our Facebook page. And if you have a question you want to post or a comment, feel free to leave that comment or question on our Facebook page so that the whole cyberspace can be shared with. PCH, uh, I'm glad that you're back with us. You left off with a number. We got 714 Eight one five. Can we get the last four? And I'm not gonna say what happened. <laughs> I thought you took another break myself, but I mean that's not, that's just the way I think. <laughs> well, hey, you know I gotta go by the clock, man. When I take <laughs> a break, it's time
1: for break. <laughs> right, well, seven
0: one four eight one five seventy ninety seven. One Once again, please. Seven seven one four
1: eight one five. Seventy ninety-seven. You can text in your questions, and I'll attempt to answer them on the Wednesday edition from 1 to 2 on his channel of Today's Bible question.
0: And, Craig, you do recommend that people take an opportunity to check out his channel, Internet TV. Is it Internet TV and radio still? Yeah, the, the people, some
1: are, uh, get it through the radio, and yeah. others get it through the Internet on TV, yeah.
0: And folks, like I said, what you're going to do, what you're going to tell the Lord when you meet him face to face about all the technology and all the opportunities and resources that you had in this age and you have not known because you did not take an opportunity to take advantage of these resources. Don't let that person be you. Don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. And notice I said guy and gal, Craig, because those are the pronouns I choose to use. We won't get into that now, but I'm ready if you want to. Um triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers one for brokers for our various formats whereby you can contact us and ask your question by facebook email.com website for the email uh, and tweet or messenger pch on the other side of the break i talked about christine's question from um, facebook and she wants to know about we talked about believing to get into the kingdom of god to be saved uh, missing the mark so you need salvation as an individual what is She has a question about Moses and the Israelites not getting in the Promised Land. Was it because of strictly unbelief, or was there other things involved? It, 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 unbelief is never strictly by itself. <laughs> <Unbelief inevitably laughs> I'm glad possible. you said that. I'm so glad you said <laughs> that.
1: Unbelief is sin, and it, it's besetting sin. It leads to other sins. It, so if you don't trust God, then you're going to take matters into your own hands and inevitably do something that's sinful. So it was it was unbelief, yeah. It, it, and basically you're saying God can't do it. You're questioning God's character and ability, and you're calling God a liar. I, can't, I don't know why he'd be upset about that. Uh, so, so it was their unbelief, and it was a number of things that they did. But but I do want to be careful here, it, and I'm not minimizing not getting to go into the promised land, but there's still people who could have been saved, they just didn't get to live out their natural lives, or excuse me, they didn't get to go in the promised land, I should say. It took so many years for them to die off in the desert. So, and and I believe there is a lesson here, personally, for the believer, that, you know, you can be a believer and still be saved and go into heaven, but God uh you may miss excuse me God may cut your life short and or you may miss out on things in this life because of your unbelief and your sins uh God will God forgive, yeah, but daryl i mean god's fit if, if you know you go out and rob a bank, will God forgive me if I truly repent, yeah, but I can and should still go to jail, yes, right. So, so you can't just say, "Well, I'm forgiven." There's no consequences. You can drive your car if it'll go that fast—120, 30, 40, 50 miles an hour on the freeway. But there are consequences. Things, bad things happen doing that stuff. So, so, so it, it's all of the above, and and again, doesn't mean necessarily that some of those some of those people weren't actually believers uh, in the Lord. They just they definitely stumbled, and there were consequences for the unbelief and the sinful, other sinful actions.
0: You know, just, just to expand on the question, I don't know if Christine meant it this way, but I know a lot of people uh, sort of do symbolism in their Bible uh, understanding and reading. So when by someone, I can almost see someone out there, maybe a new believer, maybe a, a person that's been a believer for a long time, they just doesn't really think about it. But the equating, or conflating, I should say, the promised land, as to going to heaven and then establishing a doctrine like you just, you know, clarified right there that it's, yes, unbelief that they didn't get to the promised land, but they can still be a believer. You see what I'm saying? But they still didn't get to the promised land, but someone is conflating the promised land to heaven mm-hmm. then would have a, a, a faulty doctrine. And just talk about that just briefly, how that happens, PCH.
1: Yeah, there's not
0: a one-to-one
1: one correspondence, and that's why I give the examples. We could miss out on things and blessings in this life but still go to heaven. If you don't trust God for things, if you don't obey Him, if you don't follow Him and apply what we say we believe, there are consequences, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're not a Christian. Right. I mean, there got to be some fruit, but I'm talking about it's even in major areas of life. I mean, you know, look at okay, an example. Look at people who don't want to give any money to the Lord's work, and we're not trying to get money for us, that's not the point, but to any worthwhile ministry, because they're so concerned... They're so obsessed with oh I I've got to have money because I can live to be 90 95 and if I'm in some facility I've got to have the money and you know so I'm not giving any money to ministry uh, even though God command tells me and gives me the privilege and the Commands me to do that. Uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to give money because I may need it. Well, God may well allow you to have a, a crisis and a need for that. And but even if He doesn't, you just simply live out your natural life and die of whatever causes mm-hmm. natural causes. It's you've missed out, and you will miss out for eternity. You may well be saved, but in this area of disobedience, you will reap the consequences. Be sure of that, as as Paul indeed says in Corinthians, right. God's not mocked. You're not going to mock God. He who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. There are always consequences to sinful
0: actions. And there's levels to these things as far as sin is concerned also because the loss that we're going to suffer in heaven is associated with those things that we would do while we were in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to lead into a question my brother had uh, that he texted me. And I don't think he sent the email in yet, but I have the question on my phone. And it's one of the things that, you know, we, we don't like to talk about it. It's not a public question, especially now with the, the pronoun issue. But one of the things I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, PCH, in my thinking on this is that with the 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 upsurge of female pastors, and now Ralph is asking a question about, can we talk about the the the, the females or the woman apostles now? Uh, you, know, you, might, you might as well throw men in there as well, as far <laughs> as that issue. But the the, the issue is, it's like God saying. Uh, for you not to hold a particular position but because you hold a particular position because of whatever the reasons are um, and then, you know, that's between you and it's not between you and the Lord it's between the church and people that put themselves and place themselves under say a female pastor or apostle or anybody call themselves apostle that, Those are the type of things, this is my personal belief, but correct me if I'm wrong, P.C., about thinking is faulty, that those, even though your church may grow, people may get saved, you're not going to get the credit for that if you're not doing the right thing in the right way, especially as based upon instructions from the Lord. Talk on that briefly. I know it's not our favorite subject, but in this woke society, in this pronoun uh, denouncing uh, society we're in, Craig, I just wanted to bring it up. Well, there's two or three things going on, and by the way,
1: Matt—I um, think it's uh, Matt Walsh—has a, a a series he did, or at least a program that is dealing with woman, women. What, what is a woman? And, mm-hmm this is, I mean, this is laughable. It's hilarious. Yes. I mean, I think of, again, Title IX and Title VII not as well-known by people, which was the idea of giving women equal funding for sports yep. and educational programs. But now it's a joke. I, I feel like men win a, anyways because we we can dominate just because in general, physically, that is, and I'm only talking physically, not right, right. spiritually or mentally, um, in sports, but now we can get to play women's sports. So yeah beat them there. I mean, come on, women, wake up. I was like, seriously? You, I mean, talking about getting taken advantage of, um, the, the radical feminists, I'm like, well, wake up and smell the coffee. But, uh, but, but, and then I'll be honest, I think of the latest Supreme Court justice appointed. Ken doesn't want to tell. Oh, it's man. not that she could tell us what a woman is. She doesn't want to because yeah. she's a the controversy. But I'm, oh, well, I'm not a biologist. Look, I'm not mm. a biologist mm-hmm. either. You don't need to be a rocket scientist. It's kind of pretty simple stuff. But But – it, we're you know we're we're into this ridiculous nowness of we can't even figure out what a woman is what a man is, and yet ironically when a case comes to say before the Supreme Court they're going to rule whether or not yeah it's sexist or a woman was mistreated or a scholarship only for women they, they'll make decisions they won't go well we can't even decide mm-hmm. uh, that that see that's the nink of poopishness here that's yeah. the silliness even. Th- 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 this this is just so simple. You could say it, you don't know, but everybody does know, and so, and so. Yet, yeah, there. I mean, God has given guidelines. He's given standards. Just because there are people who are amaphrodites or uh, have, you know have biological issues, but they are the exception, and then we commit the secundum quid fallacy. We we use the exception as a rule instead of seeing the exception as what it is—the exception, as far and away, wow. to the general of the norm but God, God is clear, God says there is a man and and woman, and men have certain roles, and women have certain roles, and women aren't inferior, men are not better they're not we're not smarter we're not we're not more spiritual any more than leave the tribe of Levi to be a priest or high priest, you had to be a Levite. That didn't prove that you were. the Levites were the smartest or the most godly or what have you. But God ordained, he said, who can and who cannot do this? And so to, to play hard and fast with God's rules, there are consequences. And exactly, Daryl, because in ethics, we, which I teach, we talk about at least three factors go into whether an action is, is really moral, is it really good, is it right? And it's doing the right thing as opposed to the wrong thing with the right motive as opposed to wrong motive and the right way as opposed to the wrong way. I I could have this heart's desire to to help the the, the poor or the needy, right? Uh, But I could say I'm going to rob banks. Mm -hmm, And so my my motives may be good, but I'm doing it the wrong way. Uh, And so it is. uh, There are a number of things that people are doing and just, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows your heart. That's the problem. Your heart isn't. The heart is desperately wicked. Finish that verse, Jeremiah seventeen nine. So when we violate God's principles, Daryl, kind of like we were talking about in Proverbs, some of these things are principles, but some things really are pretty strict guidelines. And to violate them, you will suffer the consequences from God. And some of that will be no reward for even things otherwise that had that some good consequences, but there'll be no reward because you disobeyed God And again, I mentioned in first Timothy two, when Paul says I will not have a woman to do X, Y, and Z, the word is authenteo and it means to exercise authority on one's own behalf. It'd be like me saying stop in the name of the law. I'm not I'm not a a duly constituted peace officer. So I could do it as a citizen if, if there's need be, but if I say it in the name of the law, I, I can't do that. I don't have that authority. And so when you exercise authority that God is not giving you I'm Afinteo is the Greek word. You might as well get a badge and put that on you. You were exercising in authority, that God never granted you, and there will be consequences.
0: And thus violating his law, precept, and all the other kind of stuff that the Bible talks about. Mm-hmm. You know, Craig, yes. I'm sure people are wondering, you use that word, that Greek word, poopishness Isn't that the equivalent to the same Hebrew word? That's the only time the Greek and the Hebrew is the same word, isn't it? <laughs> and Latin. I think it's universal. <laughs> it's my n- nice way of
1: saying something's really a dumb, a bad idea. There you it's go. Meekum
0: poopishness. Too many syllables, for me just, my brother. Too many syllables.
1: The shorter one You're just meekum poop. Yeah.
0: yeah. Done
1: often by a Nikon Poop or you become a <laughs> Nikon Poop when you commit Nikon Poopish activity.
0: Your faces. Man, that's why we love you so deep and so heavy. Triple Eight Nine Nine Five 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 Two Triple Eight Nine Nine Five 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 Two. Eric has some open lines. Hanging a Keith. you're gonna be next. Eric, we're gonna get to you. Not the Eric that answered the phone, but the Eric from Chatsworth we're gonna get to you as well. Everybody else, go ahead and send us a question, just like Christine did on Facebook, my brother did on Facebook and texting. Send us that question, Facebook, email, messenger, um, in our .com website for the emails at Bible Info Brokers, Bible Info Brokers. Let's talk the to Eric. Yes, sir. Go ahead. By the way, I'm glad you cleared that up that Eric's not calling himself again. <laughs> leave that alone, brother. You're not, me. You're not bringing me in that kind of stuff. That's, that's private matter. I'm going to stay out of that. Keith from Pasadena. Thanks for holding on and calling in, brother.
2: Hey, how you doing? How you doing, brother? Carol, I, thought that was, I thought that was nice that you didn't call Craig on that little short break you took when he pretended to be cut off.
0: Yeah, man, I was, I was a little concerned. <laughs> I mean, you know, and anyway, let me tell you, listening audience, I appreciate you guys staying on top of these things too, because you know sometimes they, they take the old man and try to treat me like I'm the, you know, I'm the, I'm the bad guy of the group, which I'm probably him. but you know, I got to kind of host this thing, so keep things moving. Thank you for calling in, Keith. By the way, Keith, you said you wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, hey, Again, we need uh, we need a bus driver. Brian's not here. We need a bus driver. Brian's
2: not here tonight. That's that's right. I was paid to do that. Uh, hey, I hope Brian's okay. Hey, to Brian, if you're listening. There we go. Um, uh, question, Craig. This is up your alley. Even though yeah, you're a football guy and your son play football. My uh, son plays uh, high school baseball, and, you know, now the sports go all year long, and he's got a summer <clears throat> league, and they play on Sundays um, twice a week, and one of them is on Sunday. And that issue has come up um, about whether he should play or not. Even It doesn't conflict with church. It's late in the afternoon, but um, I wanted to get your opinion on whether, you know, Sundays should be sports-free or not. Yeah,
1: you know, Keith, and hey, by the way, good to hear from you. Um, you know, it's a matter of conscience. I, I don't uh, I don't think there's a universal answer. I mean, I know some would say, oh, no, no, that's just, you know, you shouldn't be doing anything. But, you know, for Darryl and old and others who are ordained, who, I mean, my busiest day is, is generally Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I do all kinds of work. Now, I know we're talking the sport. Uh, in fact, it is interesting you bring this up because when I drive to my fellowship on Sundays, I go right by one uh, of on the high schools where one of my sons went to, and I see them out there playing baseball, and this is during service time. I'm going to argue my, my personal conviction is it's a matter of conscience. Yes. I I've, uh, Personally, it bothers me. In fact, I, I actually, but I'm just saying this does bother me, Um if, I actually even thought about it literally the the previous week. I thought about this driving by seeing all the guys out there playing ball. I if my son played ball uh excuse me played baseball on Sundays i wouldn't let him do it uh during service because to me uh that 's when we go and have fellowship uh and to the Lord now uh, let me just say this that 's my personal conviction if it 's later in the day, well to me it, I mean, uh, you know, our time is taken up on all, well, all kinds of times and places. I just—I'm not sure that's a problem if it's not during church service. And someone could say, well, look, we got a service on Saturday night, so it doesn't conflict with our time. Or my, my son or my daughter has the option to play sports on that. I just know that we've had a lot of friends, as you already said and you know, a lot— Today, to play, even at the high school level, you often have to play club sports. Yeah. And as you mentioned, my son does play football. He taxing year-round at this level. So I get that, but but those who are able to do it later, I don't personally see a problem. I personally, if if I didn't attend a fellowship that doesn't have a Saturday night or a Friday night service or what have you, I would have trouble. I personally would disagree with saying, well, you're going to go play ball, um, whatever sport it may be for that matter, uh, during the time you have to go to, to church. And someone could work that through. They could say, look, we do family together, and we do a Bible study, what have you. So there's, there's ways around it. I'm just speaking for myself. Uh, I think this is a matter of conscience. It's like there's just something Christians disagree about. Can you do this or not? Drinking alcohol. Some say, oh, that's always wrong. And some would say, no, in moderation. It's between you and the Lord. If you're not stumbling somebody else. So, you know, Keith, to me, that's a call you you and your family have to make. But again, I think you already said that your son, the ball they play is, is in later in the afternoon. Is that correct? Yeah. And...
2: uh I, my opinion is the same as yours. My wife is a little bit different. But um, I, I think I'll play her the call and, and just make it clear. I I didn't send you money for this answer, right? Uh,
0: well, we don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just playing with that answer. <laughs> but, you know, one well, well, let, me, let me add this with what, what Craig. What, what Craig had said in regards to what you're saying, Keith, alluding to, it is a matter of conscience. But the thing about the only little thing I didn't like – the way Craig said it is to get around it. There's nothing to get around. Your conscience is your conscience, and you should play it out. I, I know you didn't mean it this way, Craig, but I am just want to say this just in just case somebody's listening out there and saying, oh, well, you, you're just trying to get around things. No, getting around doesn't mean a negative thing. It means that you're adjusting your life for the priorities that you have. And if your priority should be you fellowshipping and you dealing with uh, the things of the Lord, and we're talking about that today uh, in the church service in regards to uh, it was. It was the sermon was about Martha and Mary, the Martha Martha thing. When what when, when Martha was in the kitchen, right, uh, and 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 then she told the Lord, didn't even say her sister's name, which was Mary. She said, "Lord, tell my sister to come on up in here and help me with these dishes, as it were, you know, in the kitchen." The Lord said, "Wait a minute, She she she's doing something that's very important, which is that fellowship in dealing with the Lord as an individual, but yet collectively as your family. Anybody listening out there?" Craig said it real, really hitting on the head. It's a matter of conscience, but check your priorities. Nothing. Well, sure, right. be- yeah, guys, because. We, we live in a day and age
1: where basically where churches are seen as really expendable. Especially COVID. I mean, many churches are still experiencing quite a number of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not coming, not coming back. And I don't mean because they're going somewhere else. They're just not coming back because they've gotten to used to going to church in their jammies and slippers, and so they want to stay at home. And there's even before that, there's just such a, 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 a entertainment, what have you, spirit of we just oh, why would I want to go to church when I could be you know, playing or watching ball or whatever? And I just think we have to do, indeed, examine our hearts and what are our motives. And I think if people even have to work, there's some people have to work on Sundays. I've always, uh, before I was, in well, I've been in ministry forever, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, ha- I had a job, but guess what I'm trying to say, that I worked for the grocery stores for years, and I think because they were very flexible with my hours, when i was going to school and doing other things, but... But I always try to make a point of not working Sundays. And then when I had to work a Sunday, I tried to always make sure it was. You know, after service, because um, the fellowships I attended didn't have a Saturday night service, what have you. But I, I'm not saying, therefore, if someone's listening right now and goes, Wow, I work on Sunday, I, are you saying I should quit my job? No. No, I'm not saying that. It's your motives. It's where is your heart and yes. what is your goal? And are you worshiping God? And what about the person who listens to the radio, I mean, during throughout the week and is constantly getting fed the word of God and listening to some of the really good programs? I mean, you've got to look at all those factors.
0: And everybody's situation is going to be different. Look, I'm double retired. I'm very proud of it. But the opportunity and the privilege I have to do various things, and like I said before, like golf is a strong ministry in mine. I get an opportunity to meet thousands of people a week and then be able to associate and deal with and showing them my the Christ I believe in on the golf course. Now, does that? some people say, oh, you just use that as an excuse. No, if you take away golf tomorrow, I'll just do something else in regards to how... Christ-centered I want my life to be because that's that Mary, Mary, I'm sorry Martha, Martha syndrome. We don't want to get into that like Martha's not that she didn't love the Lord. It's just that her emphasis was on service and doing things. Don't forget about your devotion and your relationship with Christ as an individual and then collectively with your family and with the fellowship of everybody uh, uh, other believers. It'll keep you solid and we talk about that all the time, Craig. We talk Mm -hmm. about it all the time. Keith, excellent question. Hope your son will, you know, let us know. Uh, send us some pictures and everything of them. We love that kind of stuff. Being uh, kind of a sports ministry team here, we love to see. So send us some stuff on uh, on our email,
2: okay? I will. Thank you.
0: Appreciate you, man. God bless. Thanks, Keith. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. We have about twenty five minutes left in this broadcast. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. You can call in right now. Eric does have a few open lines. Call him right now. He'll set you up. aaa 995 Everything else is Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, email, or even tweeting us. Craig, let me real quickly just let the people know how they can participate in giving. We talked about it earlier. I'm just going to give them information real quickly on how they can actually go to a website right now and give tonight. Go to our website at BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBroker.com, Brokers.com. And you can see on the support and donate, click that button. It'll give you information on how you can give by way of Internet. Also, it'll give you information there. If not, you don't have Internet. I'll give you information how you can write a check tonight. or write down the information and get a money order tomorrow. Get your stamp together and your envelope together, and write the check out to L. I'm sorry, Living by the Word, Living by the Word, and we know they automatically go to um, Bible Info Brokers because that's what we got this post box set up for, Bible Info Brokers. But write the check out to Living. By the word, P.O. Box 90477. Again, living by the word, write the check or money order out to P.O. Box 90477 in Los Angeles, 90009. That's one nine in the beginning, the zero's in the middle, nine at the end. Living by the word, P.O. Box 90477 in Los Angeles, 90009. Listen, real quickly, if you have access to the Internet and you do your banking by Internet, you can save on the stamp and the an envelope and all that stuff by simply um, making it like a bill on your online. Those that do online banking, very easy, and the bank pays for everything. They don't even charge you for it. at least most banks, most major banks don't charge you for that. And that way, you can set up a recurring payment, and don't even have to worry about it. Whatever you want to do, you can change it, flip it around. First time, one, you know the uh, the what do you call it? The um, one-time giving, recurring giving, it all can be set up, and the bank would actually mail it out to your uh, to our uh, mailing address you just give them the information and that's just I'm just one of those guys that like to save fees PCH and then take the fees and add that on to the giving it's just the way I do things triple eight nine nine five 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 two let's call Eric right now he has some open lines and talking about Eric Craig Eric from Chathworth is actually called in there's not Eric calling himself but another Eric from Chathworth calling us in thanks for calling in Eric yeah
3: good evening gentlemen um- A moment ago, we were talking about um, women in the Church, and I have a question about one of the most controversial female figures in the history of the American Church, and that is um, Ellen White, uh, who is commonly referred to as the prophetess of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, And specifically, the questions I have about her have to do with uh, the claimed thousands of of visions she had. Um, I think uh, Professor Hawkins uh, would obviously know who I'm talking about, but also I'm interested if you might even quickly comment on what Dr. Martin's position might have been with regards to her.
0: Alan G. White.
3: Not only with regards to her, but the idea of visions and the type of visions she had um, you know, as as Christians, you know, uh, we having the Holy Spirit in our lives, um, we uh, it's an experience for us to hear the still small voice of the Lord and of the Spirit when we're praying, when we're reading the Bible. Uh, myself, in uh, walking with the Lord for over 20 years now, I've had maybe five or six experiences where I know that I've heard from the Lord, and what I mean by that, heard a message, heard Him speak to me, and I don't mean in some kind of audible voice, meaning like I might hear the television or the stereo, but within mind I know is being spoken to by the Lord. I've never had an actual vision or a dream while I'm awake have you then had a pastor comment on the kind of um, hearing from the Lord that I just described? That I've heard other uh, Christians, especially a pastor comment that that same kind of experience. He used to comment and describe it as a download from the Lord. I think those are pretty common experiences about how we hear from the Lord. The still small voice, hearing from the Lord in some messages. Some people have dreams and visions, but Ellen and White had. Apparently, what was claimed to be thousands of visions, which she would openly speak to the Adventists about, and I would like to hear from Craig about these kinds of wild claims of visions and how they could be misleading to the um, to the church.
0: Indeed, P.C.H.
1: Yeah, thanks, Eric. Yeah, what you described to me in your own personal experience, I have no problem with. You're not trying to add the next book to the Bible. You were. This is compatible with scripture. It's not contradictory. It's not like can I go rob supermarkets? And God says yes. But can God speak to us and give us advice and counsel and in the still small voice? How He chooses to do that. Yeah, I, I have no problem. More importantly, I believe it's biblical, and there are many, many you know Christian leaders who would agree, agree with what you're saying there. Ellen G. White, though, to me is in another category. And of course, she's really the At the fountainhead of of Seventh-day Adventism. Um, That's what we're talking about here in the 1800s. And yes, she claimed to have, you know, as many visions as people, I don't know, have have a glass of water or something. And I'm just very skeptical. I, I really don't believe it was from God. Why? Because a lot of her prophecies contradict Scripture, and I'll give some specific examples in just a moment. Uh, but but here's another issue I have is in some of the revelations and that were written down, uh, they've been proven they were plagiarized. Pra- excuse me, plagiarized. Mm-hmm. They were plagiarized from other authors, uh, verbatim. And I don't just mean like a a word or a, even a sentence or a phrase, which it happens unintentionally. After a while, it's hard to remember well, we got something, or we don't even remember that we. Picked it up from somewhere else. And that's not what I'm talking about plagiarism, but I'm talking whole, not just paragraphs, pages. Walter Ray, for example, in the book The White Lie, uh, has page after page there, and I think in Walter Martin's Kingdom of Occults, there's page after page after page of demonstration of what she claimed to be a revelation from God, and then they quote the uh, the author, the other source that it came from. So what's up with that? God's clearly not, was not involved in that, and to me that's that's further evidence that God was not in that. Now, of course, among the Millerites and that her husband, before he passed away, uh, they were associated with. They were really into speculating about the second coming of Christ, and they had one date after another that was wrong. So once again, if God's in it, why all the wrong dates? Well, why? I mean, why wouldn't you get it straight? Um, I mean, God's very clear. If you read approximately Isaiah chapter forty to about. 48. Over and over again, God says, "Look, here's here's proof that I'm involved in something. I will have something predicted, and it will be exactly to to the." to the T. It'll happen at the time it's supposed to happen, the way it's supposed to happen. Why did she get things wrong, 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 wrong? Again, the plagiarisms. How do you explain that? She's seen by 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 the real staunch. Now, there's different types of 7 day dentists, but by the very strict 7 day Adventists, she's not just seen, as you probably know, but I'm saying this for the benefit of our audience, Eric, she's not just seen as a prophetess, but she's seen as an infallible prophetess when when she spoke. It was thus saith the Lord, if you will. Yeah. And so, yeah. so again, what what about all the false prophecies? All the times that she was wrong about the second coming of Christ? What about all the plagiarism? How would God be involved in that? And then, two two doctrines in particular that are most disturbing for me from her. Are the sanctuary doctrine and the investigative judgment related to that? Which again, you're probably aware of. So she taught really what happened when the last day they had prophesied the uh, Christ's second coming, and when he didn't show up, uh, surprise. Um, she goes, oh, well, here's what was really going on. Christ entered into the sanctuary, the holy of holies in heaven, for the first time. Not as the author of Hebrews talks about much earlier already, but it wasn't until that time that Christ actually, that was what the, the event was. It wasn't his second coming, it was his his going into the sanctuary and offering himself as the atonement, in quotes, for those who believed on him, who ended up having good works. The other problem with this is when you ask, well, what was he doing? Was he just offering himself as a sacrifice? Hebrews says that's already been done. Well, no, he was. it was the beginning of the investigative judgment. It was to see who was worthy, who was earning or had earned or is earning eternal life but that's that's clearly teaching works righteousness it's you, christ began the, the the sanctuary doctrine teaches the investigative judgment christ begins to see who he's judging people looking at their lives and seeing if they have merited have earned eternal life that denies the heart of the gospel, which is salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Christ alone. So for those reasons and a whole lot more I could give, I have a hard time believing she was uh, of God. Any type of prophetess, infallible or otherwise, uh, well, maybe a false prophet, I, I don't mean to be harsh, but for those reasons and more, uh, I, I have real difficulty with what she taught and her so-called prophecies.
3: You you know what's shocking to me, Professor, is is when I think of some of these uh, controversial uh, figures from, let's even just say, American Christian history, these numbers Mm -hmm. of visions that they claim to have had far surpass even what we see in the Bible with the disciples. I I think it's common that people uh, experience, well, clearly, as I was saying, and I, I think you agreed, obviously, the still, small voice and even direct messages, communication to us that we might even have mentally that come through as much clearer messages being spoken to. Then there are others who do have true visions and can even hear the audible voice of God, but it seems so infrequent even within the Bible. Am I correct about that? I, I, no, I think you're right.
1: We, we tend to capsulize it. We tend to kind of compress it like it's happening all the time. And of course, well, at the time of Christ, well, we would, you know, expect a lot of supernatural. But, but relatively speaking, it's few and far away. Exactly. And and think about it. So I'm going to argue that's just descriptively the case. Number one. But number two then then God's kind of a, a knucklehead. Why does he have a Bible? Why does he give us the faith, so-called Jew three, once for all delivered unto the saints? What does that mean if he just keeps giving these new revelations and we're really adding the 60, you know, uh, and seventh, eighth, ninth book of the Bible <laughs> and so on and so on, infinitum ad nauseum, uh, we should be ri- adding new epistles or books to the Bible. So what, what is the purpose of the Word of God? And, And of course, Think think of all the groups. Uh, the 1800s is an incredible time period, but I mean this in a bad sense. You think of the Fox Sisters and spiritism in America and the whole the, – spiritism catching on as a religion growing like wildfire. I think of Mormonism, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And what they all have in common is they all claim that God or the gods were speaking to them and gave them all these visions and revelations Mm -hmm. and whatever you want to call them. But what they have in common is, yes, what they have in common is they all contradict the Bible. And here we go back to Deuteronomy chapter 13 and 18, and I believe God covers pretty much here almost all the bases, and that is, if somebody predicts something and it doesn't happen, you know God's not involved that's the you want the fail safe proof they predict it, does say it to the Lord it doesn't happen they they're not speaking from God or but even if it does happen, but if it contradicts the Bible, what God has already revealed, then says you know, let's go do the x, y and z contradicting the Bible, and all these groups do once again, you know it's not from God
0: very, very interesting.
1: Thank
0: you. Eric, thank you very much for your phone call. I appreciate that.
1: Yes, thanks,
0: Eric. 888 995 We have about maybe about 12 minutes left in the broadcast. If you want to join in and get your question in, call triple eight nine nine five 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 two, or send us a question by way of Facebook, email, or even tweet or messenger us a question. All the formats of Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers, we want to get that question asked and answered. PCH as if people decide to call in. I have a couple of questions that uh, we kind of I have that we want to I want to deal with at least, and then I'll give it to you like this. So dealing with this misinformation, and we talked about proverbs earlier about how they're not law; they're more or less dealing with probabilities and things like that, but this whole concept that we're dealing with in the world today and when people think it's politics and think some kind of way politics have nothing to do with the Lord, but yet they better read about Daniel, better read about uh, Joseph and everybody else that was involved high up in politics when it comes down to the world that they were living in at the time, if you want to use that uh, phrase, politics. But the idea of misinformation and how serious it is in regards to how we deal with our lives and our news and how people divide over information that is misunderstood and we were just talking about visions with Eric and how religions are developed. And I was just trying to as a matter of fact I'm gonna do a little research this week to see how many religions of the world were based upon visions. And then when you compare them to what the word of God says, of course we are saying that we have the word of God. Other religions that would say they have the word of God this monotheistic God then you have to, they're going to divide at a point in time. Just, kidding, just like when you deal with Jesus Christ, we talked about that. You can't say Jesus was a, a good man, a great teacher, and not believe that he was who he said he was because he's making a claim to be equal with God. Craig, why is information or misinformation so important to tackle on every level of society?
1: Well, sure. under as you said, there are a lot of political ramifications to what you're talking about. And think of the goofiness the, the, of the so-called office of the Ministry of Truth. I mean, it's like wow. These guys. I, I, I'm sorry. I think of like how you know if an attorney's lying, his his lips are moving. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, I those are guys you teach, that. Craig.
0: That's 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 your paycheck. But,
1: but <laughs> you know, politicians and so. I'm trying to stay out of that stuff. Yeah, but things are so jaded. But, but it's vital to be able to distinguish truth from error. Indeed, Hebrews you know, chapter 5 tells us the mark of the mature believer is the, the ability to distinguish, to discern truth from error, to know truth from error. And it's it's vital, it's a gift of discernment, we need to have this. It's societal. Let me say this: our culture. There's a thing called experientialism. That's a fifty cent term, experientialism. But it's the idea that if I experience something, it must be true. And I want to define this in just a moment, a little clearer. But the, the, the connotated definition, as we say, is: if if I experience something, it must be true. So let's let's suppose that I have this intense pain in my chest, and and. And it's so bad. In fact, I called the paramedics, and they asked me the proverbial on a scale of 1 to 10, how much pain are you in? I'm, I'm like, it's like 8 or whatever. And so you think, well, it's a heart attack. But, in fact, it could be a hiatal hernia, which can hurt like mad, but what if I go to the hospital and they say, well, we've taken an EKG, we've checked your blood for certain enzymes, you know, tests that can prove objectively that a heart attack has occurred. Um, And they say, well, the good news is you didn't have a heart attack. And I'm like, well, I have the experience, therefore I'm the infallible interpreter because I had the experience. Or who's not had this? Either the experience of flying or falling. And that's something that were you really flying or falling? No, but it has to do with the autonomic nervous system. But but we assume, Daryl, that if we have an experience, so and here we go. So let's say I, I, I'm i having a dream or I'm wide awake into vision and Uncle Morty appears to me <laughs> and he he claims to ha- know the truth about the afterlife. And he says, Craig, fear not. God is light and love and everything's olly olly oxen free. Just be a semi-nice person and God will forgive you. And 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 he says, here's the meaning of life. You you saved yourself. Just and you, you know, blah 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 blah. And I'm I'm like, what? And he goes, look, I'll prove it to you in the dream or in this and the alleged uh vision. Uh, he goes, remember Aunt Betsy's lost brooch, that the family heirloom. Mm. Well, Spot took it. That's why you can't find it. And he buried it out under the old old tree, about a hundred yards in the out in the backyard. And he goes, go there, look at the back of the tree, dig about a foot uh, down at the time that's where it was and spot buried it. You'll find it and you'll know I'm telling you the truth. So let's say I go out to the oak tree. Uh, sure enough, I think it's kind of crazy, but I look, I dig behind it, and sure enough, there's Aunt Bessie's infamous lost brooch. Mm. And and so now, uh, either through that or Uncle Morty allegedly appears the next night to me and says, See, I told you. I gave you the evidence. Many people, I mean, many people would believe, well, this must be Uncle Morty. He must be telling me the truth because, after all, I had this experience and or I had the experience, and it was proven by finding the lost brooch. So we just, we're all in. We buy in. We assume everything that is said is true. And that can cost us our eternal soul. Indeed. Just because something actually happens, all alone the times it doesn't happen by scam artists and con men and everything else, but we believe it must be true, and we buy whatever's being pitched to us, whatever's being sold. So whether it's any of these so-called modern psychics, Uh, and or others today if they can tell me something that allegedly only you know me and my mom know or aunt bessie or uncle morty or whatever then people uh, some palm reader or so-called psychic um you know what have you daryl people buy into it and then they assume it's true because of the experience and it can cost them their eternal soul so the bottom line It's vital that we're discerning. We have a standard, I would argue, the Bible is or should be the standard. And to judge any claim, any alleged event, real or imagined, prophesied or not, compare it with the Bible. If it does not comport with the Word of God, uh, run, do not walk to the nearest exit.
0: So very important. Again, we have to measure uh, what is and what not, what is and what is not. By the word of god i would I would hate to have my experiences be the 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 thing that dictates uh something of eternal value man It's uh you know look we look in the mirror you can't believe your own eyes sometimes, you know especially in the various things we do in life got to be very, very careful with that when we're dealing with eternity. Um Greg we only have about uh, I think 6 or 7 minutes left so there was a question last week and I I don't I sent a text out earlier but I don't know I was looking into this enduring work ministry and it I didn't like, have a chance to look at
1: yeah. it. Yeah, so we're
0: going to talk about it next week, maybe. We get a chance to look yeah. at it during the next week. And so if Jean wants to call in next week, I thought she might call in this week, and we're just going to tell her what I told her now. We'll deal with that uh, hopefully next week. And, again, when, f- folks, let me just say this as a disclaimer. Again, be, being the size that we are as far as ministry-wise and, uh, and the budget that we're dealing with, we're so thankful to the Lord that we have an opportunity to come in and deal with the questions and answers that we have and the the couple hours of the broadcast that we have live, and we, listen, we don't take it for granted, and we really wish that um, as, you know, when I, when I say we really wish as the Lord provides, as the Lord leads, I mean, we, we make adjustments to this ministry, we we're doing things, Craig, that we never thought about we would be doing, you know, as far as being on the air and uh, all those extra things we do, and the Facebook pages and all that stuff, so we're evolving, <laughs> you know, in this world to try to provide the opportunity to get questions and answers which we believe is the best format of what God has called us to do as a team to do that. And so we thank you, folks, for not only the support and the prayers that you continually – Beseech the Lord I mean go to the Lord on our behalf we really appreciate that so pch I'm gonna let's about five minutes left let's take an opportunity I'm going to give you an opportunity uh pch to share whatever it is on your mind and your heart in regards to life ministry and you know if, if we don't even see you next week let's say the Lord decides to bring you home God forbid uh for all the, the things that we believe that the Lord have you to do what would you want to tell folks about uh life and what they should do? when pch is no longer with us
3: well you're not prophesying are
0: you no not at all remember i told you i don't do that <laughs> that, would, that would be pathetic <laughs> yes but but seriously daryl
1: uh, two things in there they're related I think of uh, Tyler Henry as kind of a famous psychic, so-called psychic, and people assume that if he can, assuming he can, uh, tell them information that allegedly they could not know otherwise, he would not know otherwise, unless he has some type of supernatural connection, then they buy into his view about life and morality and what's right and what's wrong, and that's a serious mistake. You know, we often mention First Thessalonians 5 test all things, hold fast to that which is good. The Greek word there is dokimazo. It means to test, to approve, or to get uh, to passes a test or it fails. And people, I want to encourage them, Christian and non Christian, to examine things, to be critical. Not critical in the sense of mean spirited, uh, of being harsh on other people, but. But thorough, rigorous in analysis and thinking this through, what are the consequences of this? If reincarnation were true, what would that tell me? Would that be justify me being murdered or murdering somebody because it's their karma or my karma? you got to think these things through. Most importantly, you need a solid standard, and we believe that standard is the Bible. But, but my real concern is, of course, Daryl, for those who don't know the Lord, they need to get right with God. Um, because, you know, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, as we often say, Daryl, you often say. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We All we have is right now, and it's time to get right with God. It's p- past time to get right with God. For the Christian, I want to encourage people to really live for the Lord. It's like you can enjoy life. I enjoy life. Yeah. I enjoy all kinds of things, but I want my life to count and count for eternity. It's kind of like planning for retirement. If you live long enough, you're going to have to retire. You can't work forever as much as you love it. You're going to have to retire. And if you don't plan, you're going to find yourself in a bad position. But live in light of eternity. Invest in the kingdom of God, which is investing in the Lord, the gospel, in in people. Loving people and making sure they hear the gospel, feeding people, clothing, all those type of things. You bet Uh, helping them find uh, shelter, but above all, giving them the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they might know Christ as the Lord and Savior. I really want to encourage people to have the ultimate retirement plan, investing in eternity, investing in people. That's how we invest in God. God doesn't need anything. It's as if we come to the Lord and say, Lord, what can I give you? He's like, I don't need anything. <laughs> it's all mine anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't but ask you if was, I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, mm-hmm. as he says in on. But, 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 Daryl. Though we do know that he says, but, but your brothers and sisters and those who don't know me are needy. And certainly we want to help clothe and feed and, and shelter people, certainly. But we could do all that, as good and as, as important as that is, but if they don't know the gospel, they don't know Jesus, they're still on their way to a crisis eternity. Above all, we want to make sure people know the Lord and are growing in the most holy faith. I want to encourage Christians to live, live, plan your life like you're going to live another thousand years here on earth. You're not, but plan it. But live like you could pass away tomorrow or the next day or sometime this next week. If you knew you were going to die this next week physically, how would you live? Maybe that should inform how you're living no matter how long God gives you life on this planet.
0: P.C.s, I really appreciate all the time that we, we take to. You know, talk to people from from our heart about issues. It's not that we're the standard by no means, but we believe that the standard is the Word of God. and What it says, it's enough information in the Bible for us to do those things that we know to do. Not to be so concerned or overly concerned about the the minor things in life, but just the, the if we just take care of what we know, not what we don't know. Give what you have, not what you don't have. God has put us all in different levels of life, different positions in life. We have different worlds. Even on this team, we live different worlds, but yet we come together as a team and do this. And we, we're honored. We, we we count a privilege to work in the kingdom. I, I know that all you guys do, and, and and certainly I do as well. But the reality of the matter is I, I'm a, a hard stickler. Hard stickler about truth. And I, I, I've told my kids this, and they said, Dad, you seem like you love something more than you love us. The wife says, You love something more than I love you. Yeah, I do. I love the truth more than I love even myself. And I, I don't know if, if I'm even articulating that properly, but the reason for me wanting to know the truth, because I, I'm with myself 24 7, so you know the truth about yourself, but yet, you gotta be careful even trusting the thing that your heart deals with in your own self because they said what they say about in the Bible, Craig, about the heart desperately wicked who can trust it. But if people would do this, if they would work hard at trying to understand each other and work hard at that, then we can, when we have disagreements, we can be honest about it because now I sought and I understand where you're coming from. So now I can honestly agree. Mm-hmm or disagree with you and we should be okay with disagreements especially in the in the Christian life not on the not on those issues that are salvific that are uh prerequisites for you to be in a right relationship with the the living the loving Lord and the forgiving God and the, sa- and the saving Christ and empowered by the Holy Spirit not in those salvific issues but in issues about Everything else that are peripheral, man, we need to work hard at understanding each other. We need to work hard at wanting to get to know what the other person thinks so that when the opportunity comes, whether a believer, you can build each other up. Unbeliever, salvation is needed, as Craig just said. Folks, you got to let somebody know about this Christ you believe in, not just the way you live your life but the way you share the life that you live. Let it be Christ-centered. Take an opportunity to just love on people, both believer and unbeliever, and especially the unbeliever. Yes, show favor to those in in Christianity if you can, but you got to let the unbeliever know like you would not walk over a person suffocating right in your presence and you have breath in your body to help them. Even on airplanes, you Put the mask on your face, the oxygen your own face, so that then you didn't have strength to be able to do it for somebody else. That's it. Tell someone Jesus loves them. On behalf of the whole team, PCH, Eric, Gabe, thank you very much. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton. Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby boy say, if the Lord willing, we'll be back next week with more of the Bible Information Brokers, presented by Living by the Word Ministries. God bless.
2: You give life, you are love bring light to the darkness. You give hope and you restore every heart.